What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Grit Show. I'm James Lawrence, known as the Iron Cowboy, and I'm here as usual with my homeboy, Tyrell Gray. Hey, man, People know him as the Camo Cowboy. It's not as cool as the Iron Cowboy. <laughs> it's just a cowboy in camouflage. That's it. Well, dude, that's funny. I, I you know, I, I've said this before, but you're you're actually a real cowboy. You live on you live on a ranch, you do cowboy things. Did I, For better or worse. Well, it's just a nickname I have. I'm freaking allergic to horses and hay. And so um, you're actually a, a real cowboy. You do the, the tough boy things. Um, so obviously good to have you back on the show. Um, you're always here, but we've got an exciting guest today. And to tell you the truth, I know next to nothing about this individual. And that's kind of a fun format that we're starting to do is where one of, one of us invites a guest on. And the other person knows almost nothing about them. And it's kind of a discovery thing as we go. So I'm here to learn um, from our guest today. I'm going to let you introduce him. And so here he yeah. is. And uh, and like James just said, hopefully you guys have noticed our format. We're kind of bringing on one each and uh, the other guy doesn't know. So let me introduce one of my good friends. Um, met this, this young man several years ago and just one of those guys just instantly clicked with. Uh, my good friend Casey Maxted, he's a phenomenal individual. His story is absolutely unbelievable. The guy fights like Chuck Norris, he bikes like Lance Armstrong, he can run like Usain Bolt. He's just a, a specimen of the male, the male species. Uh, my good friend Casey Maxted, how are you, Casey? Good, Tyrell. How are you guys? Man, we're doing so great. Thanks for coming and joining us today, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. You've clearly never seen me run before. <laughs> I was like, I was like, man, I gotta see this guy run. Man. So I was, I was yeah. like, and actually, um, yeah, I'm not running anywhere anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess you led you a little bit. Um, I actually met Casey uh, a couple years back. We were doing um, an event together. We were actually speaking to the, the NFL team, the Bengals, um, and they're with a, a, a pretty unique and special organization that we're going to talk a little bit later in the show. But we came in and they did this whole ops thing with the players. And it was it was all about that tough and mental grit. And it's just a lot of fun to work with these guys. And and, and they're doing a lot, a lot of really good stuff with the charity um, and just ha putting on experiences for people. And so yeah, we, we met, we met a little while back and, and got to, got to impact those players in the NFL and they, they're, they're yet to win um, the, the <laughs> yeah. championship. So I'm well, sure you guys yeah. did a good job. You uh, have to go back. We have no idea how it impacted their personal lives. <laughs> uh, maybe it didn't translate the best to, to, to the Super Bowl formula. Um, but I was grateful that, to have those experiences and learn with those guys. So yeah, thank you. And good, to, good to reconnect. So Casey, I mean, that's kind of a good segue, I guess. Um, so that organization, Warrior Rising, so is where you're at now, um, founded by one of your friends that was a Green Beret as well. And so maybe in fact, we should have we, we, we need, need to get Jason, back up on. We need to have yeah. Jason on. Yeah, he'd be sure. great. Um, <laughs> so I know Casey, I've kind of told you a little bit about our uh, our goal with this podcast is to really impact and help people and and help them kind of learn from the stories. Um, and experiences other people went through that helped them kind of, of greater, develop of grit greater, of greater men than us. Yeah, that's that's the truth. That's not hard to do, honestly. <laughs> it's, <not. laughs> it's a pretty low bar. Yeah, it's just um, pretty much anybody can show. <laughs> your your story is I'm going to kind of spoil a little bit. Um, Green Beret, and then became an FBI agent, and now run your own company, entrepreneur. Dude, this uh, is crazy. Like, how many kids are walking around? out there going dude i want to be an fbi agent i want yeah. to be a green brand you've been both <laughs> both and you're living you're living a lot of people's dreams and here's what's really cool um i you know i i had no idea my life was going to morph into being a motivational speaker and i actually hate that term i'm an empowering speaker um but it's like the one of the biggest things i've realized is that us as human beings we've we've forgotten how to dream we've stopped yeah. we've stopped dreaming and so i love i, I love that that kids today 
hopefully kids still dream. And and you 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 live in kids' dreams, man. You're an FBI Green Beret. That's super cool. Well, walk us yeah. through that experience. Like what? How how did you end up as a Green Beret? What got you there? Yeah. Well, first of all, you're exactly right. Like people are they need do need to dream again. And I have four kids, three boys and a girl. And I tell them every day, I'm like, you know, dream as big as you can and just chase it. You know, and, you know, if they come up short, they're still gonna find themselves in a good place. You know but uh, set your goals high. And that's kind of something that I always lived by. My dad always made me write down my goals as a kid on a piece of paper. And so I still kind of do that today. And I think it's definitely helped me get where I am. So, um, wait, let, let me ask you this real first. Yeah. Where do you think it is in our journey from kid to adulthood that we, we lose that, that we stop dreaming. Can, can you, do you have any thought on that or like maybe where that happens in our journey as, as adults? Cause you do, I take a look around and kids are still dreaming for the most part and adults are not. And they've just like settled into a life of complacency and like almost this acceptance of this is it. Like this is the peak. Yeah. Honestly, like I think it starts in school with your teachers. <laughs> I think, you know, there's a lot of good teachers out there, but there's also teachers who, um, you know, when a kid steps up and say, you know, I want to be this or I want to be that. And they're like, okay, little Johnny, that's a great dream, but maybe you should think about doing this and be a little more practical. And I hate that. I, that's something that drives me crazy. Um, I think, you know, as an adult, like somebody that has a, a big impression on a kid, if they come to you and say, Hey, this is what I want to do. Okay. If that's what you want to do, here's how you do it. Here's the path you have to take. You have to find individuals that are going to, um, you know, uh, lay the pathway for you to follow and, and kind of get them on that path and guide them along and just let them, you know, fail or, or succeed on their own. Um, I think a, a lot of people put it in kids' heads that they can't accomplish something. And, um, you know, depending on who that kid is, they either take it to heart and be like, oh, if they say that's it, then that's the truth. Or in my case, uh, I take it as a challenge and, and uh yeah, and try to prove them wrong and honestly uh i had people along the way telling me that i couldn't do stuff and i always i internalized it and used it against them to try to show them oh yeah well watch this so <laughs> watch, and i can give you a ton of examples <laughs> oh my beer watch this <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i can remember you know i'll be honest with you about some stuff uh i'm, I'm not real good about talking about myself to be honest with you and uh, I've done a couple podcasts now, so it's kind of fun talking about a few of these things, though. But I remember, you know, uh, I had to work for everything uh, as far as like school and stuff. I didn't really like school that much. Um, I was kind of like I liked to learn about things on my own. Like I taught myself how to hunt. Um, there were things that they didn't teach in school that I would go out and learn about on my own just because I was interested in it. So school was kind of like boring to me a little bit. Right. So. I got through college or through high school and stuff just by, you know, knowing enough to get through without really putting a ton of effort into it. But when I got to college, I ended up getting kicked in the teeth, uh, you know, taking that approach to things. And I failed out my first semester in school. And oh, so I, I got, you literally got kicked in the teeth. <laughs> yeah, it felt like it. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I literally got booted and uh, I went home and started working. And uh, just, you know, doing construction and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I got myself together and kind of picked myself up, dusted myself off and 
I was like, I'm a, you know, my grandmother um, was a big influence on me growing up and she's, she would encourage me and stuff. Hey, you can do it. Get back after it. Well, when I was doing that, the guy, one of the guys I worked with, I can remember he's my friend's dad. He go, he, when I told him I was going back to college, he told me I was a glutton for punishment. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, and that was kind of all the motivation that I needed to prove him wrong. And I think I've probably done that by now. So oh, that's awesome. Just little things like that, you know, um, if, if, but if you tell the wrong kid that, that sometimes they take it to heart and they'll just, you know, okay, maybe I will stay home. You know, I, I think it's so important, the role that all of us take and, and, the, and the three of us here, I, I know you, you guys really well. Um, and I, and I respect you as fathers, just cause I look at how you raise your kids and this, this weekend, Casey knew this. I'm not sure I told you, James. I was actually one of my buddy's ranches down in, in San Antonio. We took all the kids down just for a little quick hunting trip. And I was so proud of the kids. It was freezing cold, raining, nasty. And they get this challenge that they're all going to go jump in the swimming pool and see who can <laughs> stay in there the longest. And I just thought, you know, as a dad, it made me proud. I'm like, hey, we're on the right, we're on the right path. They're willing to do hard things. They're willing to do uncomfortable things. And they're pushing each other to try to be a little better. And, and I, I take that credit from you guys. Like, I love watching what you guys do with your kids. Well, I got, I got a funny story, too. So my, my son, he just turned 13, seventh grade. Um, he just expressed an interest in going to wrestling. Um, oh, yeah. And, and I, I shed a tear because I grew up wrestling. That's our sport. Yeah. That's our, our sport. And I, I, I never want to force my kids to do anything. I want them to find passions and then do them. And I'll help them. I'll encourage them in anything. And um, I, I recently installed a cold plunge tub um, oh. in my backyard. And I, I, I'll i be totally honest. I've had it for like a month. I haven't got in it yet because I'm just like, I hate, be, <laughs> I hate being cold. Um, um, and we'll, we'll put we'll put a link to, to the to the company that get, that uh, that supplied the tub that I'm going to be using. But we we're on our way home from wrestling practice. And my son says, hey, dad, I, I think we should start doing cold therapy. And I, I'm like, he's 13. And I'm like, what? And he's like, cause he, he listens to conversations that we have and he's, you know, kids are sponges. And, and it just, I was, it was a moment where I was just proud where he was like, no, I, I want to do hard things because I know if I do that, it's going to make me more mentally tough. Cause he just got into the sport. He'd been to three practices and, and a tournament came up and I was like, son, you got to go. That's how you learn. And, and he keeps getting, he kept getting asked the question, well, how did it go? How'd the tournament go? And he's like, well, I lost, I lost both matches, but I learned a lot and I actually really enjoyed it. And I'm excited. And I'm like, oh, yes, yeah. this is amazing. Like, because a lot of kids would have been like, well, I got, I got my ass kicked twice. I'm done. This is no fun. But he was like, no, I, I can, I can beat both those kids. I just need more time. Oh yeah. And dive in. So I was another tear rolls down my face as I tell you, you know, <laughs> as, I, as I, I relive that moment, I was super proud. And uh, you know, I think, I think fathers are so great. And it's interesting. You mentioned that your, your grandmother, was an inspiration to you. Um, and, and one of those role models, cause our, our guest that we just had and did a, a, a recording with also said his grandmother, my grandmother was also a big influence. So all grandmothers out there, thank you so much for being amazing. <laughs> yeah. In, yeah. In I'd love, love to tell you a little bit about her, which is pr where I got some of my grit to be honest with you, but what you guys were just talking about, just to touch on that a little bit more, I think, you know, as dads and as uh, you know, even like, uh, father figures to other kids in the community or the neighborhood and stuff like that. We have to do it now more than ever because the schools are taking so many things away that we were talking about grit. Uh, and in my opinion, when I was a kid, a lot of the things the schools did back then to you know, help me develop grit as a young kid, even though I didn't know that that's what I was developing. Like, you know, and you guys might laugh at this, but when we were little kids, we used to play dodgeball in school. 
and they had these rubber balls and then they had these little yarn balls and you'd start on each side of the gym and run to the middle and grab the ball off the line and you just start launching them at your buddies. And I mean, and we were going for face shots, like with a rubber <laughs> ball, like point blank. And I'm launching that thing as hard as I can to hit my buddy in the face. And he's doing the same thing to me, but it toughens you up, right? Yeah. Nothing like getting a rubber ball to the face from two feet away. <laughs> you know? and in Canada, we, like, used to, we used to play dodgeball with bowling balls. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that explains a lot. <laughs> but I mean, just like little things like that. And like, uh, you know, uh, the kids don't do that in school anymore uh, because you know, I guess, you know, I don't know why, but they don't do it. But like, so now I'm at home, I'm playing dodgeball in the basement with my kids and like, you oh, know, awesome. it's, it's building competitiveness, it's building toughness. It's, you know, that type of thing. So, you know, putting kids in the cold pool or whatever and, and setting up challenges for them. We have to do that now at, at home because it's, I don't think it's uh, as prevalent at school these days. No, it's missing in today's society. And in fact, I, I saw a great teaching moment with my son yesterday on the way home from wrestling practice. Um, at the very end of practice, they did a live where they, they go against, a, you know, another kid. Um, and then the loser who the kid that got taken down um, had to do push-ups, just 10 push-ups. Yeah. So the kid that lost does push-ups. So half the room was doing push-ups and the other half was standing around. And I was driving home with my son and I said, Hey, uh, you took the kid down. He had to do push-ups. What do you think you could have done in that moment while everybody was doing push-ups? And, uh, and he said, and it was a great answer. He said, well, I could have, I could have cheered him on um, as he was doing. And I said, yeah, that's a great answer. You could have cheered him on. And I said, you could also have done push-ups with him. Yeah. And I said, you were just standing there. It was an opportunity to get stronger um, even though you lost and he was like, Oh man, I never thought of that. He goes, next time I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to take him down, but then I'm going to do push-ups with him." And yeah. I, and I, I love that he had, you know, that mentality one to support and encourage the other one. But as soon as I said it, it resonated with him. It was like, yeah, that was an opportunity that I missed to get stronger. And so I, I love that he resonated with that. And it was just a good teaching opportunity for me to get him to develop that mental toughness and is like, that's an opportunity just standing there, do 10 push-ups with your, yeah, with your sure. guy, you're going to get stronger. And all those guys that are just standing there, not doing it. That's a level up. Cause we talked about basics and fundamentals. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to do push-ups next time. So really, really cool. Yeah. I uh, coached football this year for my son's fifth grade team. And, and that was one of the lessons that we taught. And actually one of the things that I uh, did with our kids is let, let's say you're running a play and you jump off sides um, I made everybody else do the push-ups, and the kid who jumped offside stand and watch because it's teaching them that my lack of attention to detail is affecting everybody around me. Well, after a while, the kids caught on that you know you're standing there watching, but I didn't tell you that you had to. I just said, "Hey, stand here and watch them do this," but I didn't say, "Hey, you can't get down and do it with them." So then they would catch on and they would get down and do it with their buddies. So everybody's getting stronger everybody's learning a lesson Love type that. thing. So, yeah. You know, that's one of the things I, um, I, I was not in the military. I'm around a lot of military guys, um, you and, and Jason, Matt and those guys. And um, that's one of the things I love about like our tier one forces. And, and maybe you can even just touch on that a little bit. I, I think that's something that's missing in our society is that working as a team, that true teamwork. And, and I look back at all the, you know, the military branches. And if I, if I was in, I would have done what you did. I would have gone to be a green beret. I love their, what they do. I love the whole, the whole thing. I love the whole concept, but I mean, do you think that's influenced you with your kids? Like how you raise your kids because of the experience you had? I mean, the green berets at the end of the day is truly a leadership program and probably the less leadership program in the world, in my opinion. 
Yeah, it really is. And I do like, it, it's a, a uh, the foundation of kind of what um, I try to implement with my kids is that, uh, you know, teach them first how to be a follower. So if you're on a team and somebody's in charge, you do everything you can to help that guy be a success, um, support your leadership. Um, you want, if, if they succeed, you all succeed. And then as they learn how to be good followers, okay, now you uh, have seen how to lead. You've seen, you've been led. Now it's time for you to step up and lead. And here's how you do that. ABC, right. Um, and then the team concept is something that I try to reinforce with them because whether it's a sport or just community in general, you can get so much further if you surround yourself with good people. Um, and, and it's, it's essentially a team, right? Um, uh, uh, they, some, one of my coaches back in the day, you know, said, show me your friends, I'll show you your future type deal. Uh, or we're the sum of, of, of so many of, of who we surround ourselves with. And that's kind of the concept of what it is to be on a team in the special forces or SEAL teams or what have you. But it's also just a good lesson to have for life in general. Surround yourself with good people um, who are going to get you to where you want to go. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I try to reinforce those things while my kids are doing their sports here. Um, they're all little league age right now, right? Yeah. But it's never too early to start reinforcing those kind of skills or or traits, so to I think speak. That's I, I think that's what I love so much about sports is there's so – many life lessons that we can learn. And I, and I was grateful for the coaches that I had, the teammates that I had growing up. And I love, I love that point that you just made about um, teaching someone to learn how to follow um, and, and, you know, respect leadership and, and whatnot. I just, I just love that. And it's one thing um, to be a leader, but it's another one to be part of a team, a successful team. Well, and like you said, to make those guys look good. Like yeah. I, I think our culture, especially like in the business world, I see, I see people sabotage their leadership all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just like they there's, want to move up and they think attitude. the way they do it. Yeah. yeah. Is they're going to sabotage the next guy. Which yeah. Is there's no quicker way to fail than to have people, you know, operating around you like that and whatever you're doing. I just, I, I looked at, uh, so I can remember um, there was a time where we were overseas and uh, we were in a, uh, we were patrolling through a heavy vegetated area and I was in the back and, I, did, I was, I had rear security on this patrol, but I kept, I, you know, I kept checking my compass and we stopped to kind of gather ourselves. And I said, Hey, you know, our team leader, our guys up front who were leading the patrol. I'm like, Hey, I think we're off course, you know, uh, type deal. And we checked our, our maps, checked our azimuth and all that stuff. And, and they had the humility and just the trust in me to, to double check. And, um, they did that and we got back on course. Now I could have been hanging out in the back, not paying attention being like, kid, I got this one job and it's to, it's rear security, but nope, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm staying in the game. I'm keep, I'm, I'm just checking, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, spotlight my guys or whatever. I'm just saying, Hey man, let's check this just to make sure they have the humility to do it. Uh, and we, we get back on track. Now if, and that's a way that you, I'm helping my, my leader uh, or our, our, a guy leading our patrol succeed. Whereas, you know, there's some people who are just along for the ride in the back. I think it's kind of almost like a metaphor for life in general. Um, it never hurts to kind of check your azimuth and of the team and, and doesn't hurt to tell the guys if we're getting off course, you know? 
So no, 100%. Yeah, that's I love it. That's great. Yeah. Dude, I know uh I know you've shared a couple experiences with me. Is there anything that kind of sticks out in your mind? I know you've had some crazy experiences. Um like even as a Green Beret or as an FBI agent that you felt like really kind of kind of forged some mental grit. Um I mean, you shared a story with me. I don't know anything you want to share, but you share a story as an FBI agent um, clearing a house and catching a guy in the basement, and you were down <laughs> there for a couple hours, just you, yeah. you fun with this guy. Man, there's a bunch. I mean, you know, um, we can talk about the, um, some of that stuff in general terms. I'm still not like 100% comfortable talking about my FBI experiences, but, you know, every time you go through a door or or something like that. Um, I, I worked mostly narcotics. Uh, so backing up a little bit after I got out of the green brace, um, I went to the bureau and I got sent to Los Angeles division and, uh, worked a little bit of counterterrorism, did some overseas stuff. Um, did the attorney general's protection detail for a little bit, did some, uh, counter narcotics stuff in central and South America, um, deployed overseas a couple of times and got actually attached to my old unit and uh and one of the seal teams but it's the same like it's that same feeling even stateside when you're going through a door there's that um anxiety um um that uh you have to get like locked in focus narrow your focus into what you can control around you and just do your job right and so um yeah i've been in a lot of weird situations and that one was uh just one of the most recent where I ended up getting stuck in a basement with a guy for like, I think it was damn near eight hours. It was at least six. Uh, and it was in the middle of summer. Like like, it was brutal, but um, that, that thing's still going on. So I can't say much about that deal, but um, man, I just, I don't know. I, my experiences with that are um, what, what some people might think is a, uh, requires grit I, I just look at my I think I'm the most boring guy in the room honestly <laughs> <laughs> anytime anybody wants to talk to me I'm like really um, but yeah I mean I don't know like when you're dealing with people who are like the most violent people on the planet um, it requires a level of grit but it also requires a level of focus attention to detail planning um, trusting the people around you training to a standard where um, you can trust the guy to your left and your right. Again, that goes back to team. Um, and you know, um, I always took that stuff seriously and I just, uh, I practiced harder, harder than, the to, to an extent where it was harder than the game. Right. So to speak. So what's the, um, what's the scariest situation you've ever been in that you're willing to share that? Like you almost needed to change your pants. <laughs> or, or did or, or or did change your pants immediately afterwards i don't know so and so my experience in the in the green berets was a lot different than most people um a lot of my buddies who tyrell even you have met um were more of the um direct action um overseas type thing i at the beginning of my career i was on jsets back to back to back and and so we were just training host nation forces over and over and over again. Well, then I got kind of into the, um, into a different lane where I was doing more like human type stuff. Like I was going around getting people to work for us, 
Um, and, for, and for the people, like we've got a bunch of people that aren't military. So human is just the human intelligence side. Like, yeah, I was, like yeah, so I was like kind of doing stuff on my own. Right. And, yeah. and I loved it. But at the same time, there were situations where I'm in like different countries kind of on my own for, uh, for a lot of it. And it's, it's, it's daunting, man. It's, it's a huge thing to be kind of in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by people who don't like you. And it just, you know, it's, it's a mental thing that you have to get over. So where my buddies are dealing with the direct action and stuff, which in, in my, you know, those guys are, you know, holy cow. I mean, um, I didn't have to deal with IEDs and all that crap all the time. Right. Um, the threat was still there, but it was like, I'm, you know, I can control a lot of those things by virtue of being on my own or with one other person. Um, but the, the mindset where you're surrounded by people who don't, who, who want to harm you and you're on your own, that's a, it's a, it was a huge mental barrier for me. So just kind of going, um, out into those environments was a, yeah, that's um, a level of stress. I don't think most people yeah. experience. I mean, that's, yeah, I still have, have like, a, I mean, unless you go to Walmart about on Black it. Friday, I mean, I don't think, you know, <laughs> taking your life in your own hands. So yeah. So, I have a follow-up question to that. So you, you've seen um, obviously a lot of violence, a lot of terrible people that have really bad intentions. Um, fair to say the, the worst of the worst. And, and you're out there putting your life on the line and, and serving this country in a capacity that most people can understand. And so my follow-up question is this, having witnessed all that in the front row seat to that type of mentality, that type of destruction, um, have you lost hope in humanity and how, and how do you find the the good in, in what that is? Take, take me through that, that, that like shift that you have to have experiencing the worst of the worst. And then also, you know, ha still uh, having joy and, 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 and peace on, on the other half, on the other side of that journey. Yeah. So man, I read a quote one time and this guy, uh, they were, they were, uh, in combat one time and, and, uh, the guy, one of the guys was praying and uh, one of his buddies goes, I don't know how you can believe in God in a place like this. And he goes, I don't know how you can't. And I was like, holy crap, man. Sometimes it's like the simplest things when people put things into perspective. And that really resonated with me because while you're seeing all this evil and uh, destruction and, and, you know, in my line of work now, like there are things that I can see right now that I I'm, I'm reflecting back on like homicides and, things like that, just hurting innocent people. That's, that's terrible. Um, and there's, there's no other way to describe it. But when I look at it from the other side of the lens and I see the people who are coming to help the people who are seeking justice, the people who are trying to do good. Um, that's where I'm like, that's where my faith is restored. Um, quite frankly. And Tyrell knows a lot of the guys I know. And, and so do you, um, James and, if you meet them, um, you like, I, I have to like, just sometimes I sit and reflect on who I have in my life right now. And I almost have to pinch myself, uh, that I know these amazing people who have put everything before themselves to help the greater good. Um, I have, I look, I look at these guys as like modern day Spartans, the best warriors that I've ever walked the earth. Um, and these guys could do anything, uh, and women too. They could do anything. They could go be doctors, lawyers, whatever. Um, but they choose to put all of that aside and go fight for, for us. And um, it's like, I, I just can't believe the guys that, that I've got to rub elbows with in my life. 
um, um, that have fought for our nation. So, and in, in a law enforcement capacity too, it's the same thing at the FBI, despite what, um, despite what you might hear in the media, it's not what it's being portrayed to be. Um, just like any company, there's, uh, there's, there's, uh, ups and downs and changes that have to be made and growth. Um, but the people that I work with are all patriots and put the country before themselves, like on a daily basis. I like, you know, um, not to get too crazy into details and stuff, but, um, a lot of the people I work with have the same struggles that, that I do. And other, my, my other friends have like, there's FBI agents right now that can't sleep at night. Um, there's guys that struggle with all sorts of, uh, um, you know, um, alcoholism and stuff like that because they, they, uh, they have the, these demons that they get from work and they're waking up every day and they're going to do it on behalf of the country. And right now they're doing it on behalf of a country who, um, you know, I think by and large, a lot of people don't appreciate the, the stuff yeah. that they quite frankly, uh, based on, um, what people have put into their heads. So, um, it's just what it is. Yeah. Well, I, I, I am obviously without words right now, but, um, I, I just, again, want to take a, a moment and one say thank you to you and to all of the men and women that serve this country so that we have the freedoms that we have. Um, and I just, I just hope that the listener recognizes the freedoms that we have. And there are people, men and women, human beings that are putting their lives on the line on a daily basis so that we can enjoy the comforts, enjoy the freedoms that we have. So I recognize that. I appreciate you. Um, and, and I, it, it does not fall on deaf ears with me. And so thank you. Yeah, yeah I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you guys. You know, and it kind of comes back Casey to, I know you and I have kind of discussed this a little bit, um, but I think it's one of those things to me that shows the ultimate grit. Um, people that go into these jobs, they know crappy thing happens. They know they're going to be faced with these atrocities and they get up and they do it again the next day. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's hard. It's one of those things, you know, we try to support as much as we can, because I know those mental struggles are hard and they're real. And, uh, and maybe we'll just throw this in the, in the show notes as well. There's a lot of military, um, there's help out there nowadays. If, if anybody's listening, it's a military guy and, and you're struggling with any of that stuff, please jump in the show notes. Um, we'll have a couple places, resources you can reach out to just to talk, like just, you know, reach out to your buddies, talk to them. It's one of the things I love about Casey and, and Casey, maybe you can on a little lighter note kind of brings up to where you're at now. I know, uh, a lot of the teammates that you worked with, you're now working with, and you've actually, you started your own company. So not only were you serving the country and, and making a huge impact for us, but you met individuals that are amazing guys that are now helping you build your own business. Yeah. So, um, after I wrapped up my FBI career, I kind of was looking for that next thing and I'd come up with an idea. It's a long story how it happened, but um, the short version is it actually started with you, Tyrell. Yeah. Somebody had somebody had approached me and asked me to do a brewery or a, a beer product that would we could sell and, and donate back to veteran causes. And I had told you about it. And you're like, hey, you should look at vodka. Yeah. And I and I did. And uh, and there were a couple things that piqued my interest about it. And long story short, I came up with the brand Cold Zero. So cold zero for military and law enforcement, your first shot at a range, uh, wherever your round hits on the first shots called your cold zero on a, on a cold barrel. Right. Mm. 
so it's your first shot at the range. It's your first shot at the bar is kind of where, what my, where my mind was. So we came up with a vodka product. We also developed a whiskey product, which is doing really well. Um, we're in the state of Iowa right now. We're online and we're looking at Texas and Florida as our next markets, target markets. And then hopefully here shortly, we'll be kind of creeping across the United States uh, and in military retail as well. But our goal um, obviously is to build a great company, a great brand. Um, but we want to be able to give back. Um, I look at like what a lot of veterans do these days, like Black Rifle Coffee is one of the ones that everybody knows about. And, you know, um, people talk, oh, they're cool. They're this, they're that. They go on these hunting trips. Uh, they, they jump motorcycles over cars through a helicopter or some crap like that. I don't know what they're doing. They do all sorts of crazy <laughs> stuff. But the thing that most impresses me about them is how giving they are. They give yeah. back. Uh, sure. They don't forget where they come from. They're leaders. Um, that's what I really love about those guys. I had a chance to meet a lot of them at the Total Archery Challenge events this year. They're all good dudes uh, and women. And uh, I just love that about them. And that's the model I want to follow for our company is, is the give back portion. Um, because I want to inspire the next veteran, the next law enforcement officer. Hey, hey, there's there's a light at the end of the tunnel that you're in right now. And then here, you can do this. You have things to offer. You have skills that you can use to build a uh, a viable business. And and this is the next chapter in your life. Because frankly, a lot of the, what you are talking about earlier <clears throat> with, um, you know, let's just be honest, like the veteran suicide stuff, right? A lot of it is going back to um, guys who have kind of lost their purpose after the military yeah. and, um, business ownership is a great way to, to find your next purpose. Right. And, um, if I can help, uh, a guy or a girl coming out of the service or law enforcement do that, that's, that's what I want to do. So, and I'm, I'm going to give a, a shameless plug here. Um, like Casey just said, being able to have a purpose and have something that drives you forward, something you're working for is massive. And there's an organization that Casey and I actually both work with, a nonprofit called Warrior Rising. Um, so I guess I get to see Casey a couple times a year at those events. They that's what they specialize in is helping guys, especially military vets. It's free to any military veteran learn how to go through the business steps. If you've got a business idea, get out there, get a business started, and, and live that American dream. Uh, WarriorRising.org. We'll throw that in the show notes as well. Absolutely. But and and Casey, it means a lot to me. Like I know you're super busy, but that you take the time to help Jason and you met. So Jason Van Camp's the, the guy that started Warrior Rising. You met him at the Q course, right? Yeah. It's a funny story actually. So like, and, and, you know, we're talking about grit and, and stuff, right? That's the theme of what we're talking about today. And, you know, the grit for me started way, way back when I was a kid, right? I got to look up to my grandpa's like one was a farmer and one was a janitor and like they're working in, in like the harshest weather in Iowa. Right. Uh, on the farm out there every single day. My grandpa never left the farm. He died a couple of years ago at 93, World War II veteran. My other grandpa was a World War II veteran also. And they worked till the day they died. They worked hard work. Um, and, and that's kind of what they instilled in me. And my grandpa actually met my, my grandma in Europe when he was over there, put her on a boat at 18 years old, sent her ass back to the U.S. and he picked her up in New York and married her. And they were together forever. Right. And my grandma, the reason I was telling you guys her sweetest lady in the world, but uh, she was a chain smoker from the day she got here and she would drink old Milwaukee, 
like all day long. And the funny thing about her was uh, like uh, she was tough, but she was the most gentle person too. But I would come back, I'd be in college and I'd come back after, you know, partying with my friends back on a weekend or whatever, come home at like two in the morning. My grandma would be sitting on the couch with a bottle or a glass of brandy in one hand and a cigarette burnt all the way to the filter in the other hand. <laughs> so that's what you were dealing with. That's probably where I got some of my grit. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, um, it was tough. Like when I left her because she was, I lived with her well my last two years in high school because my family moved to a different town and I didn't want to leave my buddies. And we got really close. It was tough to leave her when I left for the military. Tough to leave my family in general. But my mom and my grandma were two of the, the toughest people through that process. I mean, they had to, you know, put aside their feelings and, and let me go, right? It type of thing. And every mom or every kid who signs up, a parent is going through that. And I can't, I can't imagine uh, what, how tough that is. Um, but getting back to your Jason question. Uh, so we went to the selection and they had, I met him towards the end. And the way it happened was, and I tell my kids this all the time, never miss an opportunity to make a connection with somebody. I, we had gone through the whole process and I'm almost positive that we were already selected. And I had, selection is a lot of movement on foot, ruck marching, land navigation, running. Um, you just get in your ass beat for, for quite a while. And, and it, I think, it, man, it's like three weeks or something. I can't remember exactly but they have these long bays and there's like these beds lined up along each wall. And I had read the book, um, <clears throat> five years to freedom front to back, probably a five times while I was there. It's the Nick Rose story. Um, and, uh, a green beret that was a POW in Vietnam. Great story. If you haven't read it. Uh, and so I was just sitting there and the bottom of my foot had the whole thing was a blister. So I was doing self aid on it, draining it. I don't know if I was should have done that or not, but I was doing all sorts of stuff to it to kind of um, alleviate some of the stress on my foot, <clears throat> but I couldn't get up really. And Jason walked by and I didn't know him and I knew I didn't know him. But when he walked by, I said, hey, man, do I know you? You know, because I was trying to start a conversation because I was bored. And he looks at me, he's like, man, I don't think so. And man, we're like friends like 25, 20 years later now. <laughs> so like just bullshitting a guy just to have a conversation because I was bored out of my mind. And now all these great things have happened by virtue of uh, being buddies with him. And I've made other great relationships like yourself because of him. Um, you know, if I hadn't have spoken up and just said, Hey dude, come over here and talk to me. I'm feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so many great things came of that. So um, that's where we met and we had stayed friends ever since he went to 10th group. In Colorado, I went to first group in Washington, and uh, we just kept crossing paths back and forth until really uh, last year, I started really helping Warrior Rising out, you know, more seriously. So um, now we talk almost daily. So uh, We truly appreciate your service, brother. You're, a, you're an Thanks. amazing man and a huge inspiration to all of us. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate it. I love that you, the story on how you met Jason, and I'm, I'm going to throw out a little challenge for everybody. Um, and we'll just see where it takes you on your journey. And we won't know for several years, but I challenge everybody in the next 30 days uh, from when you hear this in the next 30 days in your life, every single day, just walk up to a stranger and just start a random conversation with them. Introduce yourself, maybe ask them a question, find out how their day is going. 
because um, you just you truly never know the long term ripple effect or impact that that could have. You may be, you may meet one of your best friends. Uh, you may meet a, a future spouse. Um, you may meet a business partner. You may meet whatever it is. Uh, we we just don't know. And really, if I'm being honest, you may save somebody. Uh, you may they, we don't know the what they're dealing with or what they're struggling with, and maybe maybe they just need someone to be kind to them in that moment. And so my challenge for everybody today, from when you listen to this for the next thirty days, is just to go up to a random stranger, either just introduce yourself, just ask them how they're doing, um, and that that could be all that happens. Uh, but we 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 just never know. So that's my challenge. I appreciate your example, um, Casey, in, in doing that and and what that could lead to because we we truly have no idea. And again. Thank you for your service, your time for day uh, today. We we totally appreciate it. I'm I'm grateful that you and Jason had that random encounter and that we get to meet you and now be part of your lives and your journey. And I know everybody listening today got an incredible value. Um, I know you're kind of a, a private dude, but tell us where people can connect with the charity, um, your company, um, and we'll obviously put those in the show notes as well. And one last thought that you want people to leave with uh, maybe something you wish you knew when you were um, in your early stages of growth. Yeah. You're, you know, just, you know, piggybacking on what you just said to you never know where a conversation is going to take you. Um, in my work, I, I, some of my training um, there were, I won't say who, who did this stuff to me, but when, when we were going through training, they'd be like, Hey, I want you to go, I'd be in a store or something. They'd be like, I want you to go up that woman right there and ask her if she believes in aliens. And I want you to have a five minute conversation with her about that. And I'm looking at him like, are you kidding me? You're making me look like an idiot, you know? And, and I go do it. And you, you won't believe if you go up and you present yourself the right way to people and listen, like, and, and, you know, turn your ear to them. Um, people want to talk. They want to be heard. You can meet some interest. You can meet great people learn interesting things. Um, and, and it helped me in my career too. Like uh, I've had so many great conversations with people who you would think are so different than me. I remember being in the, uh, the house of a outlaw motorcycle gang president one time working a case. And he looked at me for five minutes. He just, he couldn't get over the fact he thought I was in his club and I wasn't going to tell him that I wasn't because I thought I could use it to my advantage. I'm not going to say which club it was. I've never ridden a motorcycle in my life. Cause I know what I'll do, what will happen to me if I do that. Um, but we talked and, and this guy opened up to me and we got to the point where he was telling me when he was in high school at 18 years old, he wanted to be a cop. And, uh, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And he's like, Oh, and then I just took the other fork in the road and here I am. And so you, even though these people seem so different than you, um, you know, we all can find common ground and that's what most of my, if, you know, if I'm talking, you know, if I'm going to talk about myself a little, most of my successes in my career have come from just being open-minded and listening to people and finding common ground. I can find common ground with anybody. I, I guarantee you there's yeah. something that I can connect with you in, on. Right. And again, it goes back to grit and just being determined and finding out what you need to know to make your, to make your cases and stuff like that. But you also have to be genuine. You can't be, you can't be fake when it comes to that stuff. So I showed a genuine interest in this guy and it got me a long ways, right? Yeah, huge. Um, so I'm sorry to get on the soapbox there. No, that was great. Um, but going back to your question, so Warrior Rising, um, uh, www.warriorrising.org, <clears throat> great organization. 
Um, something I'm passionate about and proud of helping veterans start their own businesses. Um, I love it because, and Tyrell can speak to this too. Um, we have veterans come in and you meet them for the first time. And it's kind of like, you know, a, a baby fawn trying to get its legs under it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they'll come back to another event and another event and they're standing tall. And the next thing you know, they're a big old mature buck in the business world. And, uh, it's really cool to see because they, they're finding their purpose again. You can read it. You can see it in their face, yeah, um, the confidence and everything. I, and I love it. Um, and um, we are, we've hit our stride. Warrior Rising is a well-known quantity now, and we're only going to keep getting bigger. And we need people out there to support us so that we can give back to these veterans because we're getting bigger numbers now. Right. Yeah. So where we had to support, you know, X number of businesses a year. Now we've, we've quantified that. And, so we just need to keep growing the pool. So, and we'll do that. We'll find ways. Um, but uh, I just love it. You can come to any, we have multiple events, events in Iowa, Utah, Palm Springs, Napa, army, Navy football games coming up that we do an event at, or you can donate online. So um, there's that. And I think the, what's the other one you asked me about the cold zero. Just, yeah. Your company. How do we, how do people find you? How do they find your company? So we're at coldzero.com is our website. We're on social media on uh, Instagram. Um, you can order online through our website and, um, we're a relatively new company, but, uh, we've kind of, we're hitting our stride right now. As, as you look at crawl, walk, run, we're kind of just coming out of the crawl. We just started in uh, May really on shelves and, uh, focused our, uh, efforts in Iowa, but, uh, we're going to start looking to get, uh, outside of the borders here in Iowa and, and going across the country. So it's a great product. Our whiskey is a, is a uh, four-year-old bourbon blended with our distiller's rye whiskey. So it's considered a rye whiskey, super smooth. And our vodka's uh, comparable taste-wise to a uh, um, no, uh, vodka out of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> it will remain nameless. <laughs> and this is funny. This is really funny. Um, one of our slogans is stop drinking Russian vodka, drink American. And we have these great shirts made. Well, we came up with that before they actually invaded Ukraine. Most people think we're resp- reacting to that, and it wasn't. And it just sort of happened that way. So um, <laughs> it's kind of cool. But, yeah, man, I, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, we're an all-veteran-owned company. Um, we've got big goals. But uh, I believe in the team that we have, and, and whatever we set, we're going to go get it. So, um, And, again, uh, I, I just, you know, the, I'll, I'll measure – us as a success the day that we can give back and help another veteran start a business in whatever avenue they choose. So well, I wish you appreciated, brother. Appreciate your time. I know you're super busy and taking some time out. And once again, like James said, I can't echo his sentiments enough. Uh, your service and the service of, of all of your friends and all of the military veterans, men and women that have protected this country and kept our freedom safe. We sure, it means a lot to us and it doesn't go unnoticed. We really, really value you guys. Thank you guys. I appreciate that. Awesome. Well, guys, that was our show for today. Casey, thank you so much for coming on. We will do everything we can to help grow that business, to send people to the charity, to grow everything we can. We just want to see you win. And again, thank you so much for your service. Thanks for tuning in. That is it for us today on The Grit Show. Show up every single day in your life. Stay gritty and we're out.